カミちゃんとタイガーおおすげえ Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special Christmas episode of the Ginger Talks podcast. My name is Ginger Snaps, and joining me, as always, is Druid. Uh, happy Yule time, Ginger. Happy Chris or happy holidays, whether you're a Christmas person or whatever it is.、Uh, yeah. Happy holidays,、uh, Druid. Yeah, happy holidays.、Uh, what a time to be alive. Here we are. The Omicron variant is rife in the air. Yeah.、Uh, but, you know, I'm not letting that destroy my Christmas cheer or diminish my enthusiasm for recording tonight because, you know, We've got to give people something to shoot for, something to enjoy, and here we are.、Hell、Bit of an absence. Yeah. We move. Yeah. It, with, with everything that's been going on the last few months, this little break in the podcast, as much as I've missed it, it's been good for me、uh, to help me get caught up and, and get. Get back to where I needed to be, but god damn, do I miss this? Yeah, I mean, week to week, just it being a fixture, and with all the wonderful guests we've had so far, it, it you know, to not have that has been hard, but I'm with you. Like, real life stuff like gets in the way、mm. or needs to be like moved forward,、yeah. and you know, that's been cool as well. But to be back here. Fantastic to our millions of listeners at home. <laughs>、uh, I thank you for returning to the Ginger Talks podcast. Absolutely. And being, you know, yet another、um, swath of freeform conversation to your ears, courtesy of、um, a Twitch stream that, let's be honest, is doing well in recent weeks. It's, it's been going. Quite well.、Um, you know,、uh, those who are from the stream know that I run, I've been running a charity event this December. And we are, at time of recording, our current amount raised is over $6,000. And、yeah. run until the end of the month. And it's just been. Insane. We've had big donations. We've had big raids. We've had all sorts of stuff. And planning a charity event of this magnitude has been insane to try to do. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, with an organization like Stand Up to Cancer, a very worthy cause, but then also really well established.、Um, Have been going for a long time. You know, that's a big step forward as well, just having them back in what you're doing. Yeah. They, so I have a contact at Stand Up to Cancer now. <clears throat> and they,、um, 
they're blown away every time I come back and I'm like, yep, so these are our numbers right now. And they're just like, what? So, I mean, Mm. we had an anonymous donor that was matching the first three grand that was raised. And that donor match uh, came through and gave that match. And seeing that number come across the screen just made my heart fall out my butt. (laughs) Like, I just didn't... Mm. It's so surreal. Like, anonymous donor matches are things that, like, Twitch partners get. And YouTubers with, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Like, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Um, it, you know, it feels like you're about to erect the Ginger Snaps hospital wing somewhere. <laughs> it's not that much money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, $6,000 to me seems like enough to make such a difference. Yeah. Which is what this is all about. And uh, I suppose this podcast will come out just in time Mm -hmm. for people to keep donating to that cause. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something that's going to touch all of our lives, whether we like it or not. Of course, we don't like it. But, you know, it's something that touches all of us. Uh, at some point, you know, whether it's to ourselves, to our loved ones and friends, and just to know that if you gave forty cents to this cause over the over the charity stream, then just know you've made a difference, and that's what counts. Yeah, it's you know, I know we're starting off a little bit more serious, a little bit more somber, but I mean, this is cancer is something that affects everybody i like to pick causes to support that affect everybody in some way shape or form mental health lgbt rights because you know a gay person whether they are open about it or not like Mm -hmm. that's just that it it is what it is you know someone who's part of the alphabet family whether (laughs) whether they're open about it with you or not (laughs) and like Cancer affects everybody in some way, shape, or form. Whether you are someone who unfortunately gets diagnosed, a family member, a friend, you know, whatever. Everybody is affected by cancer. And so an organization like Stand Up to Cancer just... It meant a lot that I got to do this for them. Mm -hmm. And, like... We're raising we're raising big money. I have incentives planned all the way out to fifteen thousand dollars. Because it's just that like I mean, it it could get there. Yeah. It, I mean, we're not saying that it will get there, but it could get there. And the fact that it even has a chance of getting there is a real testament to probably everyone that's listening, because the people that listen to the podcast based on the stream are typically people that get involved Mm -hmm. so uh just on behalf of myself i want to thank everyone for the like the generosity so far has been just really inspiring i i can't thank everybody enough people from stream people who find it randomly people who just 
listen to us. You just, if you can hear my voice, just thank you. Like, it's, it feels so unreal. <laughs> like, yeah. Because, do you know the, the number that has been raised in an entire year by my community? I know the rough figure. We've talked about that, but let's share it because I think it will stagger some people. I think it will surprise some people. So I went back and I did the math and we're roughly at $20,500 raised for charity. Mm. Whether it's something I've been involved in and my community has supported it or my community has been involved in or just a random like, Hey, you know what? All the money I'm making today is going to go to this charity. Like, Mm -hmm. we have, as a community, raised $20,000. And it's just, it's it's huge to think that someone, you know, we know the numbers of our viewership or listenership. I know what my viewership numbers are on Twitch. My Twitter ain't that popping, like... (laughs) (laughs) So it, a community this small shouldn't by all rights be able to raise the money that we've raised, but we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, So just thanks for your generosity. It means a lot. We're out here changing lives, if you you can believe it. (sighs) Yeah. So, you know, keep giving. but even if you, you know, if you don't have the money to give, uh, just know that even your presence here, mm-hmm. be it listening to the podcast, going into a stream, anything like that, is helping support and motivate people to give more. Because Twitch is based around uh, having a strong community. Mm-hmm. And the more people that are active in that community, the more people watch and the more people get involved. So even, you know, dropping a message saying something constructive or chaotic, mm-hmm. by, by extension of that, unconstructive. <laughs> you, you know, everything is making a difference. It's all going to a positive place. And to yeah. be a part of that is a is a really cool thing as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Th- thanks, everyone. And... You know, we talk about milestones and stuff. We're going to do another live podcast recording because that was uh, my original goal for fundraising was $3,000. And at the $3,000 mark, we were going to do a live podcast recording. <laughs> Which, can, can I say, I was very flattered. <clears throat> I was very flattered that that was the uh, part of the top end of the goal. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I think, is kind of my new, like, benchmark for, like, Hey, we're doing a charity thing. I because people loved the the live podcast recording when we were recording it live. Like that was mm-hmm. so much fun. But to you know, to do it again because that was such a a fun thing. Like you were instantly just like, "Yes, absolutely, we can do it." And we came, you know, I was planning with the wonderful ADD toaster um, because I had to fulfill a charity agreement with him. And so I went to go see him and hand deliver a painting. And 
we were planning and we were talking and he said, what about doing an in-person podcast? And I said, I love that because Drew and I have talked about meeting up. So what if we set that as a milestone? So it's something that the community and the podcast can keep us, (laughs) (laughs) you know, keep us to, and you know, Obviously, we have to be mindful of COVID and COVID numbers and travel safety and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you know, we when will... when that when that will be, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if that goal is hit, it will happen. Um, and logistically going one way or the other, we'll see which works best. Mm-hmm. But it will happen and we'll stay true to our word. Yeah. Um, it's uh, expect chaos from it though. Oh, Let's absolutely. It if we hit $10,000, Druid and I will when it is safe meet up and do an in-person podcast recording, which in and of itself is going to be interesting. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> but on top of that, it's we'll be meeting each other face to face for the first time we've recorded an entire season of a podcast and played game so many games together and we've never met face to face we've seen each other a little bit on camera and that's it yeah yeah uh yeah that'll be a real trip to be honest yeah so because yeah believe it or not i'm a real flesh and blood human being what you're not a lizard? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I'm a very good AI. <laughs> oh, but um, we will make good on that. You know, yeah. when it's right to do so, we'll make good on it. Yeah. So keep them coming in. If you're a fan of the podcast, you know, uh, $3,800... If you've got it in your bank account, you could make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're looking at three thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight bucks to get there. And if it doesn't get there, screw you, listener at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Uh, not not to de- not to devalue anything I've just said. But, um, no, it'd be wonderful to get there. If we don't get there, I'm sure at some point we'll uh, have another crack at it yes. and see if we can make it happen. Um, just because it'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So. I mean, things have been kind of crazy and, you know, leading up to the holidays, it's, holidays are just chaotic. Like, yeah, the shops are insane. Everybody's trying to travel. And now with COVID on top of it, it's just, it's a goddamn nightmare. (laughs) And nobody knows what they're doing. We might end up. I mean, I don't know what you guys are saying over there, but it's starting to look like we're going to end up locked down again over here. Oh. We um. 
we're not really going to lock down again. I don't think if we do, it's going to be for a week or two. It's not going to be anything crazy. Yeah. So we're, we're staring, we're staring down the barrel of basically locking down for two weeks right after Christmas. They've said, uh, let's do a little, uh, let's do a circuit breaker. Whatever that means. Um, but yeah, um, they're saying that we'll, we're going to have to lock down for two weeks right after Christmas. So that's New Year's fucked. I mean, uh, all my gig tickets are carrying over for another four months, uh, which means uh, my ticket for funeral for a friend that I bought now two years ago is getting carried over oh even God. further. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, but can I just say this is not what you're tuning in for? So I guess eh. <laughs> uh, people don't come here for a taste of serious reality. I think no, and that's why. Like, I don't go home for Christmas. Like, we there's Christmas traditions in my family of like, uh, you know, getting together and doing stuff, but. We never did it on the holiday itself. So for oh, me, yeah. Like, so my parents divorced when I was real young. Shock. Uh, but okay. I, my parents divorced when I was really young. So they would alternate what year they got to have Christmas on Christmas Day. And even then, my mom, like, when she was married to her second husband, it was, oh, you know, stepdad's eight million kids are all going to be at their significant other's, you know, parents' <laughs> house for Christmas Day. Why don't we do Christmas two days after? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and by the way, eight, eight million kids, are you Catholic? Uh, no, he might have been. <laughs> like, he might. He, <laughs> he might have been. He had at least... Four that we knew, one that we didn't know, two he was paying child support on, but he still claimed weren't his. Like, bro, wrap it before you tap it. Come the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Sheath? Ah, Sheath your sword. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't fucking get it, man. Like. Yeah, well, you know, sexual drive is a a crazy thing. Right? Uh, and he especially in step dance. Yeah, I don't get it. What what mm. why does the word step automatically just make someone just like rage and horny? I don't get it. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. You're um, welcome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, you know. <laughs> I'm actually lost for words. Um <laughs> No, <laughs> because like you know, it it makes things acceptable to the fetishists. Apparently, yeah. I mean, you're my stepmom. Oh, I've oh. not finished my homework. Oh, stop it! No. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's just, it's just that. Oh, I don't subscribe to it. Uh, that's that's a straight mute. 
I'm your stepmom, though. Oh, yeah. my God, no. Uh, yeah, well, this is this is the part the pornos miss out. Is like, I'm your stepmom. When am I gonna have you for Christmas? <laughs> like, oh, not not till next year. <laughs> well, but that's so like it departing away from the porn. Uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> finally, finally, God. Uh, like, so Christmas was always just wild to me. And Thanksgiving was the same way. We didn't really do a whole lot as a family for New Year's. Like, yeah, my dad would go to his buddy's place who was having a party. And everybody else would be drunk as adults. And I'm sitting there as a teenager just fucking bored because I didn't have a cell phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> and we're out in the Is middle it... of fucking nowhere. So it didn't matter. Well, Is there somewhere I can get some reception down here? Oh, my God, dude. When I did finally yeah. get a cell phone, oh, I had to go walk up the hill to go send a text message. But <laughs> I, 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 I always remember my uh, phone stopping working around midnight because so many people are sending text messages. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I would get, like, a happy new year from my cousin, like, an hour later. <laughs> I I didn't get a cell phone until I was 18. So there wasn't even really any of that. And by that point, it was free free texting in your own network. Like kids nowadays, I sound so old, but kids nowadays don't understand their parents coming into their room and going, "I thought you said Jerry had Verizon." Why am I being charged for 15,000 text messages? <laughs> You're just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oops. I, I, I remember whenever I used to t- like talk to a girl in high school, it used to cost uh, 10 pence a message. Oh, God. And I would have to, like, we would, like, text all day. <gasps> and then I'd be like, hey, my credit's about to run out. So I guess I'll talk to you at school. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> Never did, by the way. Guess I'll talk to you at school. Guess I'll awkwardly glance at you at school. Right. <laughs> and and then like look at her laughing at me in a group of her friends going, This guy texts me all day. <laughs> I remember Not- borrowing friends' cell phones and getting my friends in trouble. <laughs> I remember borrowing my mom's uh, phone and texting, like, you know, possible suitors <laughs> when when my credit ran out and uh, having to feverishly delete the conversation after. Right. And like, Mom, you're not seeing this. And, like, I'm literally just talking about, you know, Dragon Ball Z. But I didn't want her to see me talking about spirit bombs. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, she'd just, she'd be more ashamed to see that than to see I was sexting. <laughs> yeah. I remember. You said what to this girl? Are you a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Mom! <laughs> what are you and Dad gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. I... 
I, never... I, I, I remember my grandmother used to watch anime with me. Oh, that's fucking baller. Yeah, you know, pretended for at least five years that she liked Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my god. <laughs> and she was fucking born during the war. <laughs> like yeah, like and I'm du- I'm I'm subbed not dubbed. Yeah. So she's hearing those like original like sweet Japanese voice lines. Uh-huh. She's looking at me going, "Well, if he likes it, I've got, <laughs> I've got to pretend I like it." And that is fu- that's love. That's fucking love right there, man. Yeah. Because that's a hard watch. It's like Neon Genesis Evangelion with your grandmother. Dude, it's the with the grandmother that just makes it fucking baller. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's exposed breasts on screen, grand grandma. <laughs> look away. Look away. I'd actually, a virgin, I'd actually, virgin eyes, granny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, please, you know. Please focus in on this psychological ex- uh, exploration of depression instead. <laughs> I fucking love that. And like she, like you know, then she would scold me after, and she'd be like, "Kiss a tsunade on the noonida," which um, it Japanese roughly translates as "the police are my bitches." That's fucking... Dead silence. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's because it sounds so much better in Japanese. Let's be real yeah. here. Yeah, well, it, well, doesn't everything? Kyoto <laughs> shit, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Sincerely hope nobody speaks Japanese uh, that <laughs> listens in. If you're a Japanese listener, can you please give me more than the two phrases I know? <laughs> or, 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 or can I say the three? What does she want? Ruin knowledge. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, I mean, we we didn't do a lot for the holidays, and like, yeah, we would go see the grandparents who lived like three hours away, but it wasn't like something we did every year or anything like that. So. For me, I'm like, okay, I could do something for Christmas, and I am doing something for Christmas on stream, but it's a big old fat secret. But, uh, like, I live eight, not eight, I live ten hours away from family at a minimum. And this is the first year I haven't worked retail on the holidays. So it's like, you know what? Omicron is doing its thing. I'm gonna wait another year to come home for Christmas. We cool. We cool. <laughs> like yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, it's not. You know, the our governments aren't telling us explicitly uh, not to go down and visit family. But come on, if you if you know what's going on right now, there's no harm in eating a turkey dinner by yourself. Yeah, I'll just say that. And 
you know, it's it's one thing if you're fully vaccinated and you've taken all these precautions and you're doing all that kind of stuff. And, like, I get it. Some people can't be away from their families for that long. Some people just don't care. But it's, like, for me at this point, I'm, like, no, there's a baby. I'm going to keep the baby safe. Bye, family. I'll see you yeah. eventually. Like, it's yeah. just... It's, I feel better in my conscience. So I'm going to stay here for my birthday and for Christmas. And we will do something fun and ridiculous on stream. Because why the fuck not? Uh, music to my ears. <laughs> I mean, did, um, did you guys got... do anything fun and special for Christmas? Well, not really. And there are reasons for that. Mm. So, you know, frequent listeners to the podcast will know that uh, I'm technically uh, Scottish, mm-hmm. not English. Important distinction. <laughs> um, but me, my mum and my dad uh, are the only members of my family in the country that are in England, the rest are in Scotland. So Christmas for us, and, you know, as a add-on to that, my parents almost have this kind of weird pride about the fact that they don't really celebrate Christmas. Interesting. Uh, So they have this, like, curmudgeonly... uh, chip on their shoulder where they say like, ah, oh, we're not into that shite. <laughs> uh, part of that I think comes from, you know, the the closest members of our family are about six hours away. Yeah. But, and you know, so Christmas for us looks like three people sat around a, a dinner table Wearing uh, party hats, <laughs> not talking. Yeah, because we see each other every other day of the year. It's no different. Yeah, and especially since I've turned vegetarian. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, in the last five years or so, uh, the meal was the one thing we could share in. And now I'm there uh, making meat-like substitutes out of wheat and flour. (laughs) And they think I'm a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what, you know, and that's what Christmas has nine times out of ten looked like for us. Just three people eating tomato soup as a starter and eating a traditional meal together and then pretending that we've still got room for dessert. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, so here's the thing, though, is you guys know... That's that's just what you guys do now. Like you don't make it into something that it's not. 
It's not yeah. like, oh, gosh, we've done so much and we've cooked all this meal and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, nah, we're just sitting around kind of. It's just another day. We might do something a little nice, a little special for someone, but that's about it. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Like, my roommate is one of those people who decorates for every holiday. So the fact that I didn't throw away my Christmas tree when we moved and I kept my Christmas ornaments and I kept my tree, like, meant that she got to have a Christmas tree up this year. Oh, and I was like, yeah, go ahead. Cause I don't like decorate really. Cause my, my mom, the day before we would have Thanksgiving or we would have Christmas at our house. She would be cooking, putting together the fake tree, decorating the fake tree. We'd have a stand up comedy special on and half the time she's drinking at the same time. So like, it's just a cluster <laughs> fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah, which you know, let's be honest, has its own charm, right? Um, you know, it's funny in our kind of society, our epoch, our moment in time. I feel that like we almost have a sadistic love of like dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. And Christmas just fucking delivers that for so many people. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the the chance to say Uncle Frank was a complete dickwad. And then we can talk about it for the rest of the year. Right. Like, oh, my God. Do you remember yeah, at Christmas yeah. when Uncle Terry just said the most horrendous yeah. things to Aunt Linda? It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and like, like I'm not someone that subscribes to that, but I think so many people do. Mm-hmm. I think there's almost a perverse enjoyment of Christmas for a lot of people of that aspect. Yeah, and I, the holiday and like the day of the year itself doesn't necessarily matter to me as much as it does. Like, hey, I got to do something cool with some people that I know. I'm happy with mm-hmm. that. Like. So I'm, like I said, I'm doing something special on stream. Uh, I didn't stream last year on Christmas. I think I subscribed to my standard Christmas tradition since moving away from the family. And that was uh, getting pizza and watching uh, adult content until I took a nap. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, just right. as, as dumb as it is, because it wasn't even like anything about like sexual gratification. It's just like, what kind of dumb shit is there on here? <laughs> what what kind of dumb shit can I find? Well, and you know that they're catering like a bunch of Santa themed weird oh, shit. Oh, yes. And I nap and then I wake up and I watch something else and then I... Right back to the adult content. It's it's like cool. <laughs> oh, we're cracking the pizza box open. Hmm, what's on that site again? Where did I stop? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, uh, it to my ear, it sounds like you're you're trying to be candid, but still not letting out that you fucking love it. You know, here's the thing. I've been. I have friends who have done porn. I've been on sets with them. Like, I... Uh, 
disclaimer, this is not how I saw this going. <laughs> so, like, for me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's some porn. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Like. What? So you're going, oh, that would have been much better with a wide angle. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, why did you do that shot? But okay. Um, but <laughs> I just like, for for me, it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to go watch some porn. It's like, okay. Uh, like, this is, if I could find the dumbest thing to do, one of the things that appears to be the most sad things that you could do on a holiday, but just make it my own and not give a fuck. <laughs> That's what I did. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, had a very different Christmas journey to yourself. Maybe I'd watch The Grinch. <laughs> um, porn, the best thing about porn is the music. Mm-hmm. Well, and because the ter- slap, slap bass. Oh, poor music is phenomenal, and the bad acting that goes yeah. along with it. It's like, what? Where? What? Who are you? <laughs> it's like I've got a very, uh, I've got a very vivid memory of uh, finding a VHS tape under my parents' bed. When I was a a child, oh and no! It, it, yeah, it was like obviously it was pornography. But it had the most hilariously in it uh, gun shootout scene afterwards. Oh no! I was like, Sergio Leone westerns have nothing on this. <laughs> Like, Star Wars has nothing on this right now, what I'm saying. Well, and it's like, some of these porn actors have the same acting ability as Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Like, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love the room. It just... I can't, like, I haven't seen The Room all the way through, but I've seen enough bits and pieces that I've basically seen the whole thing. Yeah. And it's on my list of, like, this is something essential that I just need to watch. But it is, you know, it is what it is. I'll get there eventually. So I've I've actually seen... uh... The film made by the guy that was living with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, God. uh, Greg Cicero. I went to a screening of the film he directed in my city with uh, my girlfriend. And I met Greg Cicero at the screening. Oh, my God. And he does the greatest Tommy Wiseau impression you have ever heard in your life. God, I living with the man, you have to, you have to be able to like. Oh, he's so memeable. Uh, you know, I, I always the thing with Tommy was though, I always worry 
so much because so little is known about his past. Nobody knows how old he is, where he came from, or right. anything like that. Uh, and it just worries me that he's a like super creepy. Oh yeah, because he obviously is. Well, so he's been in he's he's been acting in stuff sort of recently. For for everyone at home, I'd really uh, recommend the best friends, and R the R in best friends is in brackets because it's best friends best fiends, <laughs> and <laughs> directed by Greg Sestero of the room includes uh, Tommy Wiseau. Uh, in a role where he steals uh, people's gold teeth, their dental scraps, oh. uh, from their dead bodies for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like an undertaker, and that's his side gig. He steals, uh, if they've got a gold tooth and they come into his uh, like mortuary, he steals the gold tooth and uh, they get a plot to sell those for money. It is absolutely fantastic. Oh no. So I'm looking uh so best friends, yes. Uh Big Shark is he's director, producer, writer and an actor. Uh, right, so that one is a YouTube trailer only. It's not an actual movie. It's in post production according to Oh my god, so they're making Wikipedia. It. It's an so it was supposed oh. to be released in 2019, and it did not get like it. Something yeah. happened, and there's an untitled <laughs> UFO film that's in pre-production. Oh. That he's in. So you're tearing me a shark, Lisa. It's a Greg Sestero uh. film. Oh right. Oh no. So, uh, take me no. I want to. Tommy Wiseau's IMDb, please, for the love of God. Oh, have you seen a picture of him recently? Yeah, he looks like a melted candle. He looks like uh, if all the drugs caught up to Keith Richards. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they... They're starting to. Have you seen Keith Richards lately? No. He looks, he looks, like, one of the, he looks like one of the Ents in Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. So... Yeah, it, did you see the thing about Keith Richards? Sorry, before we move on, uh, he got in trouble about ten years ago because his father died, and oh. he snorted his father's ashes. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I'm going to snort him. <laughs> it's oh, what he would have wanted. Fuck. That's what cannibalism, man. Yeah. I oh wow. So Big Shark is currently being filmed. I can't believe that's being made real. It's so it's it's in technically according to the Wikipedia, it's in post production. Now, what is this? Ah, here it is. Fright Fest. Uh Greg Sestero talks cyst. Which is, oh my god. So, the UFO movie is called Cyst. Disgusting. Absolutely. Cyst. 
Oh my god. I am See, so happy that I found that. <laughs> if the tagline isn't cease and desist, oh I'm going to be pissed off. Dude, why is that? Like, what? He has credits as a costume designer. Can I say, though, uh, after having met Greg Sestero, he he fully realizes like what the room is, what he's doing now is, and he is just an affable and funny as fuck guy. And he he like so uh, this best friends movie, for example, is in two parts, and this screening showed both parts with the break in the middle where he gave a talk and a question and answer session. Mm-hmm. And he fully just went up and admitted to the whole crowd. He was like, yeah, well, halfway through writing the script, I took a bunch of edibles, and this is what it is. Oh, my God. (gasps) This movie, Cyst, came out in 2020. Yo, watch party, coming soon. Oh, my God, but I don't see... I don't see him credited. I oh, but oh my god, I can't. Oh my god. So, so the second part of uh, Best Friends has this character called Uncle Rick, mm-hmm. who's this like uh, they kind of go into the deep south. Oh god! With the money from these dental scraps, and this guy Uncle Rick is this kind of middle aged, used to play college football. Uh, the guy must be in his early to mid sixties, okay, and is ripped, <laughs> and gives possibly uh, one of the shockingly greatest performances I have ever seen. It is magical. There's oh, no. a, there's like a, a dream sequence where Greg Sestero's character is like knocked out and. The Uncle Rick character, who used to play college football, is stood shirtless in all of his like early to mid sixties glory with fucking rock hard abs, throwing footballs at a target at the side of the house and breaking them <laughs> when oh. he throws the football at them, and it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, anyone that can hear my voice, if you can watch Greg Sestero's Best Friends. Uh, please do because it is actually genuinely very entertaining. You've got to watch both parts. Uh, there's a scene where Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau have a fist fight on a cliff face <laughs> above the ocean. I love that. Uh, there's just so there's so much to admire. Oh, it's so good. I am like I love. I love random trivia. I mean, that's one of the cornerstones of this of this podcast is we end up talking shit about somebody. <laughs> it seems mm. like Yeah. And, and and since this is like looking back, uh, I guess uh, a bookend to the first season. You know, we started with Matt LeBlanc. Right? 
here we are talking shit on Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. If you are a celebrity that is listening to this, this uh, podcast, and I know you are, <laughs> you're not safe. No. That's fucking... Oh, my God. Oh, I just... I went down the rabbit hole of Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero on fucking Wikipedia because I wanted to know what Tommy Wiseau was up to. And... Here's the thing. You can't have great art and cinema and music and television without stuff that is maybe not as great. And Mm -hmm. the cult following that The Room has is one of those things where, like, you just... You say, oh, hi, Mark, and everybody knows yeah. what you're referring to. Everybody. Well, and, and you know, part of that, you know, part of why uh, bad movies are so engrossing, and, you know, you know this, we watched uh, Miami Connection. Oh, yes. But part of the reason these uh, films are so engrossing and so fun to watch is that the people that made them are so misguided. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Wiseau has this kind of meta-narrative about him where the character of who he is extends into the real world to the point where he's this curiosity. So here's what I mean by that. If you go on to Tommy Wiseau's official web store, uh, you will see that Tommy Wiseau wi- it will peddle the biggest load of shit products to you mm-hmm. if you buy a DVD of the room. So, for instance, <laughs> if you if you go on to, if you go onto Tommy Wiseau's web store and buy a DVD copy of the room, you'll find that there's all these uh, packages that you can get where you get it with other products. And the other products can range from uh, stuffed dolls. So, exa- for example, uh, they have a, a a dog teddy bear. And it just says, uh, buy the room today and you'll get a free doggy. Oh, my God. Uh, he also sells underwear. That's the first thing on his splash so, banner of his website. Yeah. It's on the it's on the waistband of the underwear as if he was Calvin Klein. Oh he also God. he also sells uh, shell suit tracksuits. Oh my God! The tank, and the he, image of the tank top uh, yeah. on the site. Oh my God! You're tearing it, me apart. Oh my God! It, I can't. It adds to the mythos, mythos though, because the 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 stuffed toy. Right. The under the underwear and the tracksuit definitely came off the back of a truck. Oh, absolutely. So like where did that transaction take place? Oh this is free mask with any purchase awesome sale. <laughs> With a space between the words and the exclamation yeah. points. What, what the fuck is that watch? What? What? Yeah. What? Like fake Rolexes that you can get on there or something. 
Tommy Wiseau neckties. Mm. Where is he getting it? I don't and know. Why, and why is he getting it? And all the items are discounted because obviously no one is buying a tracksuit. Red and black backpack and free the room Blu-ray. Normally $60 on sale for $26. I feel like I'm at a digital listing of a street vendor on like the street of New York just trying to sell you knockoff shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's got a couple of bongs. (gasps) Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's like like, you know, uh, in tourist areas where you get these, like, there's no storefront. It's just open plan. Yeah. You walk from the street, you go into the store. They sell, like, everything. They sell, like, bongs. They sell tracksuits. Yeah. They sell everything. Like, that is what Tommy Wiseau's official store is. I feel like I almost need to buy something from his store. Yeah, get a free doggy. Get a free doggy, get a free mask, and a free copy of the room. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, you know, buy the pack, buy the backpack, and the room is free. Yeah. What the, what the fuck? I love that he's got long johns and women's underwear. Yeah, but if you look, not all of it's even branded. So where oh, the fuck has it come from? I don't know. Great unisex nylon jacket designed by Tommy Wiseau, only twenty three ninety nine. Free the room DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. What? So you're there for the room, but like you think it's like <laughs> what what lizard brain is saying that oh well they'll buy the tracksuit. I mean they'll I'm buy not... they'll buy the long johns. I might have to buy one of these backpacks because, oh my god, you can't get a backpack that cheap if it's at all any sort of quality. Because you're going to pay, oh my god, it's a poor quality picture, but Wiseau gear, Tommy Wiseau, something in the USA, I can't read the entire label, but this backpack looks so bad. Ah, you wear it on your back, you can't see it anyway. Oh my god, this is so good. Posters. These are not posters. <laughs> not yeah, all yeah, of but, them. He's, he's like printed them out. This is... He's, so... he, he, he's gone to Best Buy and Xeroxed it. Right, before they kick him out for fucking... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's, there's like a line behind him. He's like, I gotta make a, about a hundred thousand <laughs> Oh my god, super sale unisex sweatpants plus free hoodie, dog tag, headshot, plus er, and free mask. <laughs> free mask? What? Yeah, he's giving away free N95 masks. I mean... <laughs> uh, Tommy was so... Uh, crazy, <gasps> crazy guy. Did you see the jeans listing? <laughs> no. No. So there's, it looks like three pairs of, maybe three or four pairs of jeans, a copy of The Room, The Neighbors, these are Wiseau jeans, a mask, t-shirts. Oh my god. Where is it, like, where is he getting it? I don't know, dude. And this is not Tommy Wiseau in these jeans. Like, who the fuck is wearing these? Yeah, but 
The Room is the only movie he has ever made. Oh, like, this actually portrait. himself. Yeah. There's some twink modeling these jeans, and I feel so bad for him. A thumb twink. Oh. <laughs> I love the way he says thumb twink. I'm sorry. I, I'm so around it's the like, gaze. It, yeah, but it's like too real. <laughs> you can't tell me that the kid in this picture is not gay as the day is long. I just uh, fucking send, please. There we go. You can't tell me. <laughs> I'm really eagerly awaiting this. It's in the resources section. Oh. Oh my god. Oh, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Oh no! So this kid is modeling these jeans in all of these photos. Yeah. Yo, uh, yo the the sad thing about this is like he is this like he thinks this is his step to Broadway or something. I don't know. And when you read the site, Tommy Wiseau jeans super holiday sale thirty nine ninety nine designed by Tommy Wiseau. Wow! Total five items as per page picture. Super sale ends March thirty first. Note: We appreciate no return due to the price and value. If it doesn't fit, you can give it to your friends, etc. Thanks for your understanding. We'll do anything <laughs> possible to improve our customer service. Oh my god. You can give it to a friend. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. Oh. You can give it to a friend. If it look, if it doesn't fit, fuck off. Oh, and the size <laughs> only runs a thirty a thirty waist thirty length to a thirty six waist thirty four length in the black jeans, and I bet you the blue jeans. The blue jeans have even less sizes. <laughs> Well, oh, they've obviously sold out, and oh. they're not getting them back. In, they're not getting them back in because you can't return them. Oh my god, this is so good! <laughs> but there's so many of these filmmakers, right, that do these bad movies. Yeah, like you know, as as I said earlier, we watched Miami Connection. You right. remember White Aiken? Oh God, God love him! Like, couldn't speak a word of English. <laughs> Yet decided to make a try and make a Hollywood film in which he was the star. Right. Uh, the the guy everyone needs to check out oh, is yeah. a guy called uh, Neil Breen. Okay. So Neil Breen is a guy. I think he's like a roofer. <laughs> In his everyday life, but he makes feature films. Oh, God. But he is always the main character. Uh, always has, like, this kind of secret agent, I'm going to save the world persona. Oh, my God. So uh, what I would urge you to do now, Ginger, is watch quickly... The trailer for Neil Breen's film Twisted Pair. The 
trailer's four minutes long. <laughs> that I found. No way. Yeah, the trailer I found is four minutes long. <laughs> oh, that is awful. Uh, well, I do apologize. My name is Cade. I have an identical twin brother, Kale. Oh, God. Then one day it all changed. This guy is made of a bright light in the sky, and time stood still. We were both so. And this is his most uh, technically proficient. Oh, God. Majesty of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Programmable virtual reality. The corrupt version. A limitless digital universe connecting all shared virtual oh, reality. No. Digital tribes. Uh. I miss what I never knew. I'll take you out to dinner. Let's have a let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. Leave me alone. Let's have a drink. I'll meet you back here at eight o'clock. I miss my brother. Fake beard. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And he's he's got like matter. a Jesus complex where he, he like in all of his films he's like a savior. Must oh be stopped. Who am I? What am I? <laughs> it's a killer with unidentifiable DNA. The energy is, you know, the film Mr. Burns made about himself in that Simpsons yes. film festival. This is exactly it. Oh my god! <laughs> in AI, fright and interest are not far from each other. Things can become real in your mind. I trust you completely. And you believe things you wouldn't ordinarily. I've seen some of this work before. So, there's a a movie uh, Neil Brain did called uh, Double Down, where he plays an ex-secret agent. Uh, Of course, Neil Brain casting himself in that role. Obviously. uh, Who can just do everything. And he's basically, he's got a car in the desert. And in the trunk of his car, he has about five different laptops, none of which at any point in the movie are turned on, (laughs) that he's threatening to hack into government systems and release an anthrax virus to destroy capitalism. Oh, my God. And during the course of the film, he keeps seeing visions of his uh, deceased uh, wife uh, it was killed by an assassin. And, and by the way, they have this scene where the wife is killed uh, while they're uh, uh, canoodling naked in a pool. She gets shot, and he uh, is so distraught by it, he starts floating in the pool. You can see his testicles in the shot. Oh, my God. There is also a, uh, the only thing, because this guy is like a nut, uh, ex-government agent. All he eats is cans of tuna, <laughs> and there is a scene in the film where he is driving on a desert road, eating 
tuna directly out of the can whilst trying to work his laptop, which isn't turned on in the passenger seat. And he is so consumed by eating the tuna out of the can that he almost uh, crashes the car off the road. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, uh, one of the beautifully most ridiculous films I have ever seen in my life. Well, you've seen the one where it's the horrible acting that uh, it's it's really bad acting where the wife gets like, or somebody gets shot by the car, mm. and they're just like bleeding out. Hold on, is this the one? Fateful findings. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I, I, I've seen. Near enough every movie this guy has done, by the way. So, Fateful Findings, this is the level of acting that I expect in my porn. Like, <laughs> Yeah, to bring it back around. This is literally... <laughs> this is Ginger's Christmas porno. <laughs> um, in Fateful Finding, if I remember rightly, there's a, a scene where... He gets knocked out and he spills his coffee on a laptop, and it is absolutely the most hilarious, like <laughs> fake fallover you have ever seen. It's so. Because, as, as I said, this guy is a roofer by trade. Oh my god! Well, that's yeah. Okay, so I found a video that is the best scenes of fateful findings, and the very first scene is the one you're talking about. In the video yeah. where he spills the coffee. And he, it yeah. starts with him picking up this coffee cup and then it cuts to him holding it in a totally different way, just shaking like <laughs> he's got Parkinson's and it just suddenly hit him, which Parkinson's is a horrible disease. Like, I, I yeah. fully know that, but he's shaking just so heavily <laughs> and it yeah, doesn't make t- sense. <laughs> He's he's like literally the least charismatic and worst actor of all time. Just Yet so bad. He, he he has this like like and this is like the thing about bad movies is that you know there's a difference between someone trying to make it bad and it being bad by accident, mm-hmm. and for it to be enjoyable, it always has to be by accident. I think. Yeah. And Neil Neil Breen taps into that by virtue of the fact that he's a roofer. He makes these movies, but then it's the it's like the wishful thinking that he makes himself the protagonist in all of these films, mm-hmm. and he always had you know, Fateful Findings. I think he's like a like a writer or something, like a world-class writer. Yeah. Uh, in Twisted Pair, he is, uh, he plays two roles. Uh, he plays a set of alien twins that are going to save the universe. In Double Down, the film I was talking about with the cans of tuna, he plays the world's most deadly secret agent uh, that can either destroy or save the world. In, in fact, Double Down has a scene where he goes to a like the like a family home 
and there's a child in that house dying of a cancer. And Neil Breen's character is able to cure the child of cancer with just like a, the stroke of a hand. He's not Mr. Miyagi. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but it's <laughs> but that's what makes it great. It, it's just like that. Like, oh my god, I really want to be this guy. I am gonna make myself this guy. Oh my god! You know, so good. No matter how in bad taste it is. That's... But anyway, I, I re- we've been talking about bad movies for like the bulk of this Christmas podcast, <laughs> which is like so not festive. No, but here's the thing: like we all have our fucking like things. Like I watch, like my sister watches Elf, and she watches A Christmas Story. I watch the holiday episode of Supernatural. And then, like, <laughs> maybe a horror yeah. flick, and then eat pizza and watch porn until I take a nap. Like, <laughs> like, let's be real here. Like, it's not the most festive of Christmases, but this year I'm doing something a little different, which is super cool. But the holidays are what you make of them. And when I was first single after my divorce... That's what made me feel better. And it's just a a thing that's kind of stuck. Like, it's something I can laugh about. Mm. I'm not doing it this year because, you know, I'm doing other things. But I'm... So, we wanted to talk about some, like, memorable uh, Christmas memories. Yes. So, the first time I got drunk in my life was on Christmas Eve and I was four years old. Oh my god. So my parents had people over for, you know, like holiday like parties or whatever. And uh they were drinking what's known as baby sham. Have you got baby sham over there? No. So it's like a, well it's called Perrier it's like a sparkling white wine but it's like super palatable really easy to drink so apparently what I did at four years old was someone hadn't finished their baby sham oh no and I drank it out of the glass and thought it was absolutely delicious (laughs) so whenever Anyone else had left their glass. <gasps> I would go. I would go and drink that as well. Oh my god! And I got roaring drunk, and uh, they didn't know what had happened until Christmas morning. Usually, a day where I would have been super excited. I didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> Because I had my first hangover. Oh my god! And apparently, like apparently, I just threw up all day, and it took them really like a long time to realise that I had actually got absolutely out of my face drunk. God, and damn. that was yeah. Yeah, so that was that was the first drink 
the first time. Oh, wow. I remember we had one of the times that we ended up in, uh, we ended up at my dad's mom's house because she always threw giant Christmas parties and stuff. We, um, I definitely remember, uh, getting my very first giant art kit and then there was Mm. an explosion of glitter everywhere. Oh, fabulous. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I definitely remember, like, everybody's drunk. We didn't have enough chicken wings. Like, it was a lot. And I was, I had played the same Dancing Santa, like, I don't even know how many times. And, uh... My mom was like, fine, open up this big gift. And it was my art tub. And, like, it was just all these arts and craft supplies. And I think my mom regretted it so much after that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I love the energy of, like, oh, for fuck's sake. She's shown an interest in the arts. Mm -hmm. For fuck's sake. Fuck's sake, just fucking open it. <laughs> like, yep, you annoying little shit. Let's fucking just get it over with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just fucking go paint in the corner, you asshole. I mean, might as well. God damn, as crazy as I was. <laughs> yeah, I was a crazy kid. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Very strange kid. Turned into an even stranger adolescent, to be honest with you. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's... I was talking to someone about, like... You know... Families picking on, like, the weird kid. Like, who's kind of like the black sheep of the family. Like, I I wasn't necessarily picked on by my family, but, like... My family still doesn't know how to talk to me because I'm an anime watching woman who is married to a woman who plays games on the internet for money. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're all like, well, yeah, I took you... Jerry over there down to the creek to go fish. <laughs> yeah, why Why can you have been a real woman? Oh. I don't understand these Japanese cartoons. Yeah. Uh, how about Duck Dodgers? How about you try that? Right. And, like, that's the that's the thing is, like, I was always the weird one. And so, like, I love that I now have, like, a gaggle of just equally, like, weird people, or maybe not quite as weird as me, who are just like, ah, yes, we feel safe here. And I'm just like, ah, yes, hello, come join the fold. <laughs> we yeah. can do things together. Yeah, and, and like, let's be honest, that like, there's room at the end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I was always like super accepted by my family for being like a bit strange, but it was like everyone else didn't really fucking get with it. And then that made me realize that maybe the family were the strange part. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's like, because I was talking about, you know, if I had kids at some point and they were just like, hey, mom, I really want to watch a show. All right, bet. Let's sit down. It can't be any weirder than the shit I watch. Let's go. Yeah. Like, just one of those kinds of things where I'm like, yeah, kids, let's fuck it up. I do sit and wonder about that. Like, I always say that about myself. Like, I'll sit and be, like, super understanding of everything because, like, I was a weirdo. But, like, working with kids has shown me <laughs> I don't have the fucking patience for their bullshit interests. I feel like it's different when they are your own. When you are the sperm donor. When you are... Mm. I, you know. Well, I I should fucking hope so. <laughs> I'm not the nation's father. Right. So it's, like, I think it's different when the kid is your own. Like, my little sister, she watched shows that I absolutely hated. But I um, was, like, absolutely, like, it's fine. Like... Let's, yeah, let's sit down and let's watch the same Disney Channel shows together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really care. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to, be, to be fair, though, I worry because, like, I don't have a lot of patience for what, like, people my age are into, even. Yeah. Because, like, I, well, people might have noticed this listener at home that uh, I'm... I can be uh, a grumpy, uh, <laughs> fucking cynical piece of shit. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm here as uh, uh, someone that speaks on a podcast uh, dedicated mostly to people that play video games, and I go like, video games are shit. <laughs> so I do worry. A little bit. that Maybe I'm too uh, contrary. Maybe kids would soften me a little bit. I'm sure that I'm sure having kids would soften me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've got this kind of brain where I can't help but if I if I watch something, uh, you know, stop me if this sounds like a bit strange, but if I watch something, I sit there and I can't help but see the equation that went into making that thing like I can't unsee the strings of the puppet master yeah and and because of that like I hate way too many things like I'm way too fucking like don't have the time for things I get and what you're uh, you know um we were talking to Lila earlier today, uh, sections of which I will insert into this podcast. <laughs> hey. um, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if, if I've got the time, I will. But, um, you know, I don't like, for instance, Marvel movies. I just fucking hate them. <laughs> like, I, I despise them. Interesting. I, like, and you know, we're we're like, you know, I think it's fair to say, operating in a sphere here where 
if not nine out of ten, at least seven out of ten of our listeners are going to be into Marvel. Mm-hmm. Just purely on the fact that it's part of the culture that we're involved in here. Right. And I do worry that sometimes that uh, I'm maybe not accepting enough of things that I don't like or things that don't necessarily like bleed into my sensibility. Well, it, here's the thing is there's a space for everyone, every type of person. I mean, we just happen to click and gel and there's things that you're into that I doubt would be of a whole lot of interest to me, but there's things that I, and same thing, there's things that I'm into that you're just like, I don't really give a fuck about this. Well, uh, to be honest, like I'm banking on uh, me shitting on things is <laughs> basically got an, like an entertainment factor. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, uh, well, everyone loves a contrarian now again. Now, look, now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, <laughs> I'm banking so heavily on that right now. You don't understand. <laughs> well, and if like, but that's the thing too is I think that we've gotten close enough as as friends that I can just be like, "Yo, dude, you're being like harsh in the steez on everything. Like, are you okay?" <laughs> well, well. Thank God that's not had to happen yet. Yeah, no. I I can read a room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just... Uh, I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm such a contrarian <laughs> that I worry that if I were to have kids that sometimes uh, I would maybe not be the most reasonable... I, w- I, would, I would be the guy that's constantly like... Um, what is this anime you're watching? Watch Cowboy Bebop. Oh, right. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Because uh, they've not managed to make anything that good since in the medium. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'll tell you what. I, I, I don't know about you. Like Anime has has like grown this like quality where it's too clean. Yeah. Uh, like, anime is very, like, clean, and I miss that, like, aspect of it where it was, like, a bit, like, rawer, a bit mm-hmm. dirty. Like, Cowboy Bebop has this, like, universe where everything's falling apart and mm-hmm. they're always struggling for the next meal, and it's kind of evolved into this thing where there's so many, like, bits of content and media around it where like the lines are too clean the way they draw eyes now yeah is like because they know there's a culture around anime mm-hmm. they draw they draw eyes in this like super stylized way and i'm just like man i miss when that was dirty right well and i watched so the creator of cowboy bebop in the six years in between his television productions, it was Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. In that yeah. 
six years of time, even then the style changed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I'm sure uh, Samurai Shampoo is great. Oh, it's so good. But I like there's something like I found it impenetrable when I turn it on. I can't like watch past a certain level. I, I really want to watch it. I really want to get into it. Because I love Cowboy Bebop. It was like such a big thing for me growing up. Mm-hmm. And not like, I don't know. Maybe I should just like start knitting. <laughs> well, the thing that I love about like his stuff, because in, in between Bebop and Samurai Champloo, he put out the Cowboy Bebop movie. And he put out the Animatrix. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mind Game came out. But Mind Game and Samurai Champloo both had different styles. and But Samurai Champloo still has... It's the last of the really kind of, I guess, dirty style of animation... Because yeah. it still has some of that hand-drawn style and look to it, where you mm-hmm. get past that. Like, Ergo Proxy, which was one of his... He was a storyboard artist for Ergo Proxy, and I watched that show. Uh, he also did some stuff for Lupin the Third, But it just gets a little bit more of the clean digital drawing pad feel. Yeah. It it's funny you say that cuz like actually hearing that my gripe isn't with anime really, it's with animation as a ho- like as a whole. Mhm. I think like I think I'm just of the wrong generation though, let's be honest. I'm just old as fuck. <laughs> and uh I, I I can almost hear like a at like an array of voices just going, you're fucking wrong, Druid Knowledge, shut the fuck up <laughs> with everything that I say. Uh, it's the same with music, it's the same with films, it's the same with everything. I just like it being a bit like, just a, almost a bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that human element. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm in such a, like, because looking at this, I watched normal shows, but I also watched a lot of anime. I watched, but I didn't watch a whole lot of live action shows, but I was also that kid that when the news came on at five and six o'clock and then there was an hour break at seven and then it was national news at eight. I watched The Simpsons all the way up until the news, and then mm-hmm. I watched it, you know, watched the news all the way up until the sitcoms aired at nine, ten o'clock, and then I'd go in my room and do whatever. Yeah. Like, I was not your typical TV watching kid either. Yeah, for sure. So I just. I also know that, like, I have a different, I think a lot of the shows that I watched growing up um, 
kind of shape how I look and view some things. Because if you look at the central themes of like Cowboy Bebop, those are the same themes as Samurai Champloo, uh, a futility and things mm-hmm. like that. So like futility and just making the best of your surroundings. And that just ended up like, I've been running with the mantra since December find the good in everything yeah yeah well I, i'll tell you what i'll take that on board right. <laughs> i'll take that on board uh yeah well like after an hour of me saying that like i hate everything um <laughs> this podcast has a, a a story arc yeah yeah, where oh okay, maybe I'll watch your new fangled animes. <laughs> maybe I'll finally get around to One Piece. Fucking One Piece is gonna take you twelve million years because One Piece is fucking uh, huge. I can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there it is. I'm not here to make friends. I'm actually curious. One Piece TV series. How many? There's 20 seasons of One Piece. There are a thousand and four episodes as of right now. Well, so you heard it here first. The title One Piece is the biggest lie in media history. (laughs) More like 1,004 pieces. Fuck. It's like worse than catching up with Game of Thrones. Oh my god, I couldn't do it. Uh, oh my goodness! It oh, started well, airing in '99, <laughs> which says everything because, like, I was like pitching that like it was new, right? <laughs> like, uh, like I, I don't watch any anime made after 1997. There's 15 One Piece movies. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, people at home. They're all shit. <laughs> Save uh, yourself one piece of your time and yes. uh, watch something else. Oh, my God. I just never like pirates. I... I tried to watch One Piece because I had read a whole bunch of the manga because I used to buy these mm. like uh, like Shonen Jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where Dragon Ball Z was first published in the US, right? Uh-huh. And Did you used to get, you used to get the mangas and like you, you have to read them backwards? Yes, I do have. I still actually have some manga on my bookshelf and they are all read mm. backwards. Yeah, like if they read if they read forwards, they're poser mangas. Everybody, absolutely, no, because I can count turning and looking at my bookshelf. I can count at least five mangas, and I can find actual novelizations of one, two, three, three different uh, animes on my bookshelf that I've had All forever. Right. I'm gonna do a like a personal call out here. If you like anyone that can hear my voice, if you at home have read a novelization of One Piece, 
can you please message me with a full review? Because there is absolutely no fucking way. It's insane. Like, what the fuck? Novelization? Yeah. It's actually a Ghost in the Shell novel. I have at least two Ghost in the Shell novelizations. Um, uh, I'd, I'd probably read that. Because they're, they're actually pretty good. They're based in the TV show era of uh, mm-hmm. of Ghost in the Shell. Now, there's new Ghost in the Shell that's come out since I've seen it. Right. Since I watched last. So there's new, there's a new movie that came out in 2015. It still has Motoko and Batu and Togusa and all the, all the typical from the, from the TV show. Um, that's out. And there's a new, two new animated series. It looks like. Jeez. I'd be interested to know if there are any. I've only seen the original movie. The uh, not. I want to say ninety five uh, uh, anime film. Um, yeah, ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> as if I got that. Um, I I watched that actually last week. Uh, I need to watch it again. Uh, not ashamed to say, smoked a bowl. I <laughs> sat and watched it and thought it was an absolutely just marvellous piece of art I think Ghost in the Shell it seems pa- like it's one of those things it seems passe to say it now it seems so obvious that you shouldn't even bring it up but what a great movie that is yeah I need to go back and rewatch it and it looks like we're talking about the new versus old anime styles there's a the new Ghost in the Shell series is on Netflix, but I don't know if it's on US Netflix or mm. somewhere else. But it, they've put out new Ghost in the Shell, which is just weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually heard they're talking about bringing out a uh, an Akira anime series. What? Which I'm totally there for because when I was a kid, when I, like and you know, again, remember, you know, if you think that I'm talking out of my asshole here, uh, people at home, remember that I'm probably if you think I'm talking out my asshole, I'm probably older than you, <laughs> right? That <laughs> like watching Akira as a child was like a huge fucking deal uh yeah. it, to the point it became an obsession it was actually my first for like akira fandom was my first foray into being like true nerd where i would go on forums specialized mm-hmm. towards akira and talk about the like the lore of it yeah i've got all the mangas i've got uh, heavy, heavily collectible figurines mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that I should probably fucking sell uh, so my girlfriend doesn't punch me in the mouth. <laughs> well, that scene from the uh, 40-year-old virgin where Steve Carell has to like sell his 
Superman toys. Oh my god, yeah. <gasps> uh, um, the Akira manga is so, like, there's so much more to it than there is in the movie. I would welcome a series with open arms. However, the fear that they would completely fuck it up right. if it were made by Netflix is so real. Well, so I'm. I just looked for that Ghost in the Shell show on Netflix, and it's on U.S. Netflix. So that means I have to watch it. But I'm scrolling through. They've done a live action Bleach movie, which Bleach is another one of those shows that just never ended. There is a an interesting one. Uh, anime movie that is rated R that was put out on Netflix. MFKZ or motherfuckers. That was good. I've seen that one, but, mm. um, scrolling down through here, I found yeah. uh, ninja scrolling down here. Dude. Uh, ninja scroll was one of my favorites. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't resist. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got death the regular death note but they also have um the live action death note but i'm seeing like the killing joke code geass god eater um where was it Rarone, they made a live action Raroni kenshin movie what yeah why I don't know, but I put it on my list, and I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna see if it's any good. Can, uh, can I just can I just say, uh, Netflix is one of the worst things to happen to anime in recent times. The only good thing it's done is brought accessibility to mm. to some of these animes. But have you seen? Have you like they do? Redubs, yeah, and they do the absolute worst redubs. Yeah, it's so half-assed. It's the Cyberpunk twenty seventy-seven of redubs every time. Well, there's just so many shows that, like, from my childhood, like when Full Metal Alchemist was first coming to the United States. And it was first being played on Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I know that that's not one of those shows that everybody's like, yo, it's not, it doesn't follow the manga closely enough. It's just crap. Brotherhood is so much better. I haven't seen Brotherhood because I stopped watching anime for a while. So I didn't keep yeah. up with anything good. And now they made the Full Metal Alchemist movie, which I haven't seen. And I'm scared to. Yeah. Like. And and you know we like, I feel like Full Metal Alchemist like back in the day was given its like due diligence. It like was well respected. Uh huh. But over time, that love hasn't translated over to where we are now. Right. So, I could imagine the movie just not having that level of care. Yeah. Because I wanted, and 
actually recently debated a Full Metal Alchemist tattoo because Full Metal Alchemist was one of those shows that I watched and it helped shape part of my part of my youth. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's just this little anime you might know called Full Metal Alchemist. It's like, no, this actually like it is legit. It one of the biggest. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely want to, you know, pay homage to something that helped really form form some of my youth but god damn you know <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you know you say like anime like formerly like how you see things like going through life and i wonder if part of what got me into like critical analysis of even literature and film and things like that i wonder if that was like born from uh, being a kid in the 90s and having all these anime VHSs with fucking horribly shitty dubs that don't explain what's happening in the story and me having to work out what the fuck is going on. Right. (laughs) Like, that that giving me that, like, uh, you know, detective brain. Yeah. On, on, on things that I'm consuming. Because I'm definitely sub not dubbed now. I used to be dubbed, obviously, as a child. Mm-hmm. But sub not dubbed, man. Oh, yeah. Well, and so watching Adult, uh, adult Swim, you only got exposed to just a small little section of what anime was. Mm. And so growing older and, and learning about more of what's out there. It's like, holy fuck. So the things like Pokemon is technically an anime. Uh, and that yeah. no, fucks with no people. Te- no technically about it. It is. Yeah. And like so many people are just like, no. And I'm like, actually it is. You're just dumb. Like... <laughs> It it's one of those things where like we were exposed to anime so much as kids and now that we're older it's just it's part of we go back and we look at things with nostalgia and we look at things with rose colored glasses and like we talked about the other day there's a reason that they canceled the second season of the live action Cowboy Bebop People see the original director and creator of Cowboy Bebop worked with them. Mm -hmm. He's an associate producer and a consultant on each of the episodes. He's an associate producer for one, but a consultant on all of them. They just incorporated the movie into it. And that's what pissed people off. It's not a cookie cutter of the same show. That they grew up watching. And that's what pisses them off. Yeah, but, well, they're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. Right. Um, my issue with it, you know, as I said before, and I think this was 
partially why it wasn't what it could have been. Because stylistically, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the choreography was amazing. Oh, yeah. The visuals were uh, spot on. If not, like, you know, because it's not a movie, it's a TV show. It doesn't have the budget to, like, mm-hmm. look great all the time. But the visuals were great. I love that, like, kind of neon-soaked vibe they had going on on that. Yeah. Uh, the problem for me, and I think subconsciously is why it failed, in so many areas it was horrifically miscast. Yeah. There were, there were so many, but that is, in any Western adaptation of stuff like that, that is always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you've seen like uh, and and actually, Cowboy Bebop might be one of the rare examples where I would say, watch the dub version. Every voice actor on that American dub of Cowboy Bebop does an oh absolutely great job. Yes, but the perfect anime voice actors are not <laughs> and. Excuse me if I'm being a little bit harsh here, but like, don't look like the kind of people that could act in that kind of show. No. Um. So when, like, you know, as I say, vicious. He was the worst culprit oh. of being the the wrong guy in that show. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a British person here. I understood that British people were scary in uh, Star Wars. He was not a scary British guy in Cowboy Bebop. No. It looked like he went to Hogwarts. The thing about him, and it's, they pulled so much of that story from the movie. And I appreciate not the movie. Not, not the... He's not in the movie. Vicious. Vicious isn't in the movie at all. That's right. I haven't watched it. In... It's been years. Because they they tease the movie at the end that uh, Vincent Villaggio mm-hmm. with the butterflies. That's right. Yep. Don't and don't worry. I'll edit that out. So like <laughs> they, I get that they had to try to make a story for Vicious and a story for Julia. They had to. But god damn, like, how, how bad do you have to, like, 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 I'm, it was a reach, the whole thing was, the biggest reach for me was the whole idea of Spike Spiegel, John Cho's Spike Spiegel the sarcastic, like, lovable guy Mm -hmm. would have ever been friends with that guy. Right. Like, like, for something to work, it has to be believable. Yeah. And at the end of the day, where that thing failed was, there were too many elements where it wasn't believable. Yep. And they excelled at unbelievable stylized action and visuals. But never managed to get the believable like heart of it correct. Yeah, and every, every, 
for any piece of media to work, it has to have like a sincere, believable heart to it. Because one of the reasons that you loved Spike and you rooted for Spike and you hated how Spike's story went is because Spike was so lovable. Spike was so... Mm. You could identify with Spike. And you can't... You you can identify with him some, but the vulnerability that Spike shows in the anime does not match what's mm. shown in in the live action. And I'm not saying that he's not a phenomenal actor and that he didn't do a fantastic job. I just think that he probably that that the writing just wasn't quite where it mm. needed to be. It well, it almost seemed like it was like, oh, well we've not whitewashed him. Mm-hmm. And that was like the bare minimum. Right. So we've not whitewashed him. That'll be enough. And that's just not. Because the one thing they got right was Jet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> they... We've got ab- we have absolutely zero usable content now. That I don't care. <laughs> this, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Jet... I'm, I'm cool. Jet is a phenomenal character, and it's so funny. People, I was the kind of nerd that was just like, I completely see, we we totally match everybody that's in this group, and you know, we, we were those kinds of nerds. The my mm-hmm. friends that were in, you know, that we all did this with, and we, I always ended up being labeled as, like, the jet or the spike of the group. Right. And I was always the, um, uh, I was always just that, that one person that just, like, yep, nope, that fits you. Cool. And I'm, like, now that I'm an adult, I'm, like, what does that say about me? Mm. Like, do you, wait, do you know what's funny? Is he saying that you had like people saying that you're the spike, the jet, the group? We, Cowboy Bebop never made it to television here. Oh, wow. So you had to seek it out. And hmm. so, like, when I was younger, because uh, the way VHS used to work, mm-hmm. I discovered things from. The trailers at the beginning of the video, uh, and that—that's how I found Cowboy Bebop. Oh wow! So literally, I was the only one. None of my friends had ever seen it. Wow! And so it was like anime over here took so much. We had Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Wow. They had Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, uh, Sailor Moon, and they tried Tenchi Muyo for a season. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Hmm. So to find that, like, it was like my little secret was Cowboy Bebop. And I tried to show it to friends, and they just never gave it the time of day because 
you know, by the time like I was into Cowboy Bebop, we were a little bit older and pretending we didn't like cartoons when we did. Right. But yeah. Hmm. I was like an outlier for liking that, which is why I told myself I was a spike. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's such a weird thing to sit and think about because it's like, I look at myself now as an adult and I can definitely see some of the things in me that would make someone go... No, you you definitely carry a lot of the same character traits as a Spike or a Jet or, you know, like, I definitely see those those things. I definitely understand where people were coming from now that I look back introspectively on myself. And it's like, I don't, like, damn, why was I always like that? God damn. <laughs> because it was I, so I, weird. I had the weirdest, uh, like, moment. You know when people, like, compare you to a fictional character? Mm-hmm. So, like, in my life, I never really had that. Until, and this is going to sound stupid, and it's going to sound like I'm nail-bringing myself so hard. Uh, right. But... I never had anyone compare me to a fictional character until True Detective Series 1. And and this is kind of a sad story, really. Because I remember that came out and it was a big hit. Surely you remember. Mm -hmm. And... I remember sitting with a friend and we had a like a kind of thing because we really loved the show. Mm-hmm. And we had a thing where every Monday when uh, like a new episode would come out, we'd watch the next episode. And I think it got to like episode four or five and it wasn't a long series. but And my friend turned around to me and said, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character, Rust Cole. My friend turned around to me and said, this guy is like you. <laughs> and I was like I remember having this moment where I was like damn like I need to fucking sort my life out if like my friend is telling me that I'm like this guy because uh, I used to have horrible anxiety and be like really not nice to speak to a lot of the time I would start going into I just discovered like literature in many ways and uh like kind of uh, literary criticism and things like that and uh you know times were dark at that time and i remember i would go off into these philosophical rants and because of my anxiety at the time i used to check my pulse all the time and people kind of noticed that i used to check my pulse all the time oh wow and there was a scene in true detective where this guy went on a philosophical rant and got into a fight with someone over it and checked his pulse. And my friend turned around to me and said, you are this guy. You realize that? Oh, wow. And I was like, fuck. And that's actually what prompted me to go into therapy. Wow. <laughs> I know. Because there was... there was a point in my life where I was going through a whole lot of shit. And I started getting compared to 
fictional characters that I didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. Whether they were stoic, where they were bitchy, whatever it was about them. And I hated it. And now, as an adult, um, like, I definitely see where they're coming from. And I don't even know who I would be compared to anymore. Like, it just, it, there's, I don't know if there's a compare, there's, I know there's a comparison, but I don't know what a comparison would even be. Like, for, you know, for who I am now, because so much has changed. Well, here's the thing that I learned through that experience is the ideal situation to be in is to be someone that can't be boxed into being like a fictional character. You right. In a TV show. It's to be someone that can only be compared to yourself. Yeah. And that's Ginger Talks. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, I'm jo- no, I'm joking. We've got we uh, we we simply need to talk more on the basis that we've spoken about uh, Tommy Wiseau and anime only, <laughs> and there is literally there is literally nobody listening uh, up to this point now. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think yeah. <laughs> a lot of a, a lot of that can be kept in, but. there's like four people right now going yes (laughs) right and and until i said that last line they were like i'm now uh my my girlfriend says i'm just like ginger and it's like well funny my uncle says i'm like druid (laughs) and then i'll go go, don't be don't don't be (laughs) not that we're fictional characters but i mean like on this podcast i mean fucking hell we may as well be Right. So just like on every single episode of the podcast, we get questions. Um, This time, because we don't have a guest, these are just questions for us. And I know we've got a couple because we threw it out to the community's last minute. But this one is less of of a question and more something to, I think, discuss. Uh, which, 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 by the way, I love that. Please give us stuff to discuss, not just qu- when we say questions. It's such a loose. It, we don't mean you, you don't have to ask us a question like "What's your favorite color?" Right. You can say, "What did you think about um, the the plumbing disaster of 1998 in Minnesota?" We will talk about that. <laughs> right. So. This one comes from a a newer community member, but valued all the same. He's a phenomenal dude. Uh, Real Andy DeSeal uh, threw us a theory, uh, a Home Alone theory, which is a holiday movie, uh, that Kevin McAllister is actually John Kramer from the Saw series as a child. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I absolutely because when you sit there and you fucking think about it, Kevin McAllister was creating booby traps and tricks and stuff for, you know, he did it for three movies. Right. What the fuck makes you think that he's not going to turn into John Kramer and then just put people who are 
<laughs> who aren't <laughs> appreciating their lives in some of those booby traps. <laughs> I would love to think that Joe Pesci woke up and said, hey, kid, you got potential. And then, like, Kevin McAllister was, like, a secret puppet master for all the, like, scenes where people got whacked in Goodfellas. <laughs> right? Like, And then somewhere, somewhere along the line, uh, Macaulay Culkin did enough blow <laughs> to to entirely uh, suck in his cheeks and become that like wiry character that plays John in Saw. Uh, Tobin Bell, I believe, is his name. <laughs> uh, and and then and then just go from uh, being the live action Roadrunner. To making a bath full of needles. Right. But, like, is is Kevin McAllister, like, is he Spartan enough to really, like, sit there in a pig mask for an hour and a half? Right. I, you know... I, so, my thought on it all is, are, are Kevin McAllister, John Kramer, one and the same person, is still just unbelievably pissed off that he got... Yeah, his mom forgot me. <laughs> so, that's why he's throwing yeah. his apprentices in needle pits and... yeah. Right, let let's be real. It's like the whole thing is a call for help because his parents fucking didn't notice he wasn't there. It, like, have you ever been through airport security? Because fuck me, like you'd notice your son wasn't there. Right? It doesn't matter how busy the airport is. Like you're gonna I'm, now if you maybe weren't Catholic and wrapped it before you tapped it and stopped pumping out twelve million kids. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> There's this thing called birth control. Um, it's a convenient pill. You take one a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Kevin McAllister, the pill baby, they didn't want. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah. His, um, his sore mask was actually made out of hormone balancing uh, drugs. Uh, also, but like. What what's with the saw mask? Like, it, it it's like a a terrible take on fucking tribal tattoos. The the spiral mask or the 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 Billy the puppet mask. Oh, I don't I it, don't know the fucking difference. The one with the fucking circles on its cheeks. Yeah. Okay. So that's Billy yeah. the puppet. <laughs> Billy. Yeah. His name is Billy. All right. I can believe that that. That's made by a child whose parents didn't love him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, funny, funny enough, it's uh, that I mentioned Goodfellas because Tobin Bell, who played Jigsaw, <laughs> is in Goodfellas in a cameo in which he has no dialogue, oh. but he just he plays like a random cop that like. Bus the cocaine business that the main character has. 
Yeah. So maybe Kevin had like a little spell on the force. Looking for lost kids. And then when he couldn't find any, he turned to the worst form of murder. Oh, my God. Like, so elaborate. By the way, um, potential jigsaws at home, listening to Static X (laughs) doesn't mean that you're allowed to kill people. (laughs) I may or may not have listened to Static X at one point. Mm. Oh, those riffs really make your hair stand on end. It's uh, uh something. I get the joke. Saying, I hate it. Saying, yeah, yeah, you got the joke. Oh, no. I, I just glossed over it. I'm sorry. Oh no. Yeah, well, there was a second there where I was like, oh, she didn't get it. Oh no, I got it. Um, you said you listened to Psychic X, but you don't get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in power, Wayne Static. Thank you for allowing Kevin McAllister to become a deranged murderer. <laughs> so I Kevin, mean, he's a little—he's a little bit too cute. I. So I saw the first Home Alone quite a few times, but Home Alone Two was the jam in my household. Right, and. I think that's probably why I wanted to move to New York City when I was, like, 17, 18. (laughs) It's a hell of a town. Like, that's probably what it was. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. (laughs) I want to get lost like uh, Kevin McAllister, right? Like, (laughs) because I watched that movie so much growing up. But... I never really gave a fuck about them. Not that they weren't big here or anything, but like, uh, I think when I was a kid, Home Alone 3 was coming out. And that one just looked like like dog shit. It wasn't great. Um, It wasn't wasn't Kevin McAllister. It was the guy, he had like a ball cut. Yeah. And I I found that offensive. I, I, I remember I always wanted to watch Home Alone. So, um, but never really did. Wish I did, just so I could get introduced to Joe Pesci. Right. Because that guy's a fucking powerhouse. So, OG Home Alone came out in 90. Home Alone 2 came out in 92. Home Alone 2, I'm technically older than Home Alone 2, but not by much. Oh, God. But oh, Home God. Alone 3 had... Came out in ninety seven, and also may as well like have had a talking fucking dog in it. Alex D. Linz was the kid who yeah. played yeah. the main, but yeah. he went from that to being a corpse in CSI Miami. The only name there's there's two names and faces out of all of this that I actively recognize. Scarlett Johansson was in it, and Neil what? Flynn. What? Scarlett Johansson played Molly Pruitt. Oh. She yeah. looks oh. like... Oh, she's an older sister of the little shit. <laughs> you trying to break in? 
And what? Uh, what? Yeah. What? What? So, have we got a theory that she's Jigsaw's helper? Now? I mean, what's maybe. that woman? The woman that gets with Jigsaw like helps him out. Uh, Amanda. Amanda, that's her name. Yeah. So Amanda the... hug and kiss. <sighs> she's so. <soft. laughs> she's fucking insane. And the kid who was in Home Alone three was in the Cable Guy. Uh, underrated movie. Touched by an angel, Titan AE. He was in an episode of ER. He was in a Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald Birthday World short. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, and Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar for that. He stopped. It looks looks like he stopped acting in 2007. Yeah, Godspeed now. He's probably a lawyer. He was on The Amazing Race. And he was a contestant on The Amazing Race. Yeah. Uh, thanks, kid. That is, uh, uh, like, oh. if he didn't get to the final, he's not worthy of Home Alone. And he's not worthy of Tobin Bell. It's... He's worthy to be on... Uh, it, Tobin Bell's slab. <laughs> As he, like... Emotion, like without emotion, stares down at him, and cuts his hair into a bowl cut and puts him in uh, dungarees, <laughs> and says, um, "It was not the superior movie on Kevin McAllister." <laughs> Here's Amanda. Uh, please pretend she's not Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> your older sister. Right. Um, my name's Kevin McAllister. Oh no, it's Tobin Bell. Uh, yes. You you might you might recognize me from such movies as Goodfellas, <laughs> where I where I uh, stopped the coke deal. Oh my god! Literally nobody remembers that guy in that role. The fact that I do uh, showcases that someone's been putting Ritalin in my food for the last twenty <laughs> years. <laughs> Oh shit! And also, what kind of name is Tobin? I don't know. Here's the proof: is that Tobin is a made-up name. Therefore, <laughs> a name changed uh, by deed poll on the government to Tobin <laughs> because his name isn't Tobin Maguire; it's Toby Maguire. Yeah. Tobin Bell is the only Tobin I've ever heard of. Sounds like a psychopath to me. <laughs> especially especially one that ramrodded Joe Pesci in his middle-aged years as he wore a beanie and <laughs> forgot that the shame of being tarred and feathered on a preteen's front lawn. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's just absolutely. I I like the thought that uh... you like the Kevin McAllister theory. I do like that theory. What What it, about uh, you? Well, well, as someone that isn't that familiar, like I've had to be honest. Like I love the question. I think it's a great question. Um. 
but I, I suppose like I've got a fireback question for you that would really cement what I think about the theory would be is there a particular trap in the first two Home Alone films that really solidifies for you that that guy would be able to engineer a jigsaw trap? You know, any of the big trap sequences towards the end of the films, it it just plays into it. Because looking at... So I may or may not know a little too much about the jigsaw trap. Uh, like, the different kinds of traps and games that he does. Because I may, during the holidays, have listened to a lot of synopsis about them while I was packing and building my desk and stuff. It's fine. It's not an addiction. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> side note, Ginger Snaps is Amanda from the fucking Saw franchise. No. I may or may not have fucking cut that guy's leg off in the bathtub. No. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what she would say. No, 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 no. No, no, it's not me. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I'm not Amanda from Saw. I'm Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Fuck. I think she's probably crazier than Saw Amanda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the only, the only thing Amanda Bynes has managed to trap is her own career. Fucking truth. Uh... Sorry, Amanda Bynes. I know you're listening. Get some help, honey. <laughs> yeah. But, so... Why don't, why don't you talk to Britney's lawyer, okay? Oh, fuck. Uh, so it's it's one of those things. Um, that like the complexity of the traps and stuff and the complexity of the games that Jigsaw would put together. Like that's what makes me say absolutely because as he gets older, as he gets smarter, like the complexity and the mm. you done fucked yourself, kid, because you didn't listen to the simple rules. <laughs> Kevin McAllister said, leave me alone. Get away from my house. Get away from me. Simple rules. Simple requests. <laughs> and, and hey, buddy, you don't know about the simple rules. By the way, there's eight simple rules. <laughs> and not dating my teenage daughter. Yep. Uh, um. You know, was there, like, a twinkle in his eye that made you think, uh, like, I don't know who the other fucking guy is. I only know Joe Pesci. There's two of them, right? Yeah, so you've got... Uh, is there a spark in Kevin McAllister's eye that says, like, you know, after the whole ordeal is done and they're arrested and he looks Joe Pesci in the eye and he goes, like, by the way, that guy you're trying to get into my house with, that's your son. <laughs> Daniel Stern plays Marv. Yeah, sounds like Joe Pesci's son to me. <laughs> I just, I think. <laughs> Yo, my son, Daniel, my my son, Daniel Stern. <laughs> I I think there's some, uh, there's a little bit of a stretch, but I I like that theory. Uh, I, li I, li I like it. I do like it. I want to believe. Uh, the the X Files quote. Um, there was. Um, did you see that thing that Macaulay Culkin filmed 
uh, in his old, like older years. Um, well, more recently, I should say, he's not old, but um, in his later years, where he played Kevin McAllister again, and he had his long hair and everything, and he played a cab driver. No, and he like was super creepy with the guy that came into the back of his cab. Oh god. So that that's out there and I suppose maybe that's the strongest case that I could make. You know, he <sighs> Macaulay Culkin is one of those guys that's just he's so weird to me. Like I remember mm. when everybody was uh Everybody was going on about him potentially being the Joker in Suicide Squad. Right, which would have probably been better than Leo. Absolutely. I was, like, fucking stoked. I was like, yes, please, for the love of God. And then it never... It never... Like, it it was Mm -hmm. Jared Leto, and he's a... A fucking wild one. So I'm about to drop the biggest bomb on this conversation that you could imagine and probably a curveball that you were never expecting. Do it. I've met Macaulay Culkin. Have you? Uh-huh. I... The the uh, situation is not that normal. So... You might remember, are you familiar with the band uh, The Velvet Underground? Yes. Famously, the first CD I ever bought for myself was The Velvet Underground. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, a few years ago, Macaulay Culkin did a Velvet Underground uh, tribute band. What? Where they changed all the lyrics... Uh, to being about pizza. What? And they called it the Pizza Underground. Oh my god. So they went on a world tour and a friend of mine was in a band and they needed someone to fill in on guitar. And basically that band that I filled in for on guitar for like two shows the second show we played was opening for Macaulay Culkin's uh, Velvet Underground pizza based tribute band The Pizza Underground oh my god and it was there that I met Macaulay Culkin backstage holy shit normal dude (laughs) <laughs> See, I feel like he's I'm so either. Sorry, everyone. I feel Normal like dude. he's either super eccentric and like just super fucking kind of weird and out there, but still a chill dude, or he's just like, "Hey, what's up? You want a beer? Like, just chill as fuck." So they were they were giving out free pizza. That's fantastic. But yeah, yeah, uh, shook. Shook his hand. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, he was married to Rachel Minier, who 
recently has been this like big activist, but she was in like the Black Dahlia, Guiding Light. She was in the third Butterfly Effect movie, but she was also in like what the third? Yeah, there's three of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but she was also in Sons of Anarchy, and she had a a recurring guest spot on Supernatural. <laughs> Which is wow, but, it all becomes clear. But like, I forgot that McCulkin and Rachel Minier were married. Yeah, like just fucking like blows me away. I think I think the thing with him, right, is that he. At one point in his life, went super off the rails on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, when I say super, like, not like, you know, people that, you know, are in the gutter and need help. I think he was just, like, got too into party drugs and got a bit fucking off the rails. Mm-hmm. And he came out of that, and he seems, like, genuinely, like, a really nice guy. And you can see that, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Angry Video Game Nerd. I am familiar. Haven't watched in a long time. Yeah, so it's like, really, you know, if we're going to, like, you know, go back and talk about internet culture, everyone that has a YouTube that talks about video games, like, in that style owes so much to the angry video game nerd Mm -hmm. like he was like the first of these guys that kind of plays games and then you see his face on the camera he talks about it and gives you the history of it right but you know not big in mainstream culture but like recently just as a fan as a favor macaulay culkin just went and appeared on his show yeah because he liked because he liked it and i think it's just like you know speaks to his character he went on uh, Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. He's just like well tuned in. He like he's not above his station. Just like a down to earth guy. And when I met him, same deal. You know, he he just went like, you know, hey, uh, are you like playing with us tonight? And it was just like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll come and watch you. <laughs> like looking forward to it. Um. It wasn't my band, it was someone I was filling in for, and uh, quite frankly, not that good. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't too into it, but, you know, that that's what I'll take away from doing that, is, is meeting him. And uh, it looks nothing like Tobin Bell, <laughs> and I, le- I left with my life intact, but then again, he's Macaulay Culkin, not Kevin McAllister. Right. Well, he's he's left Kevin behind, and I could believe that Kevin would murder someone. Yes. Could I believe that Macaulay would murder someone? Yes, because have you seen the state of his uh, he, when he tries to grow a mustache? Oh, it's so bad. If if I had that shit going on as well, I would probably like hide a cop's son in a Egyptian tomb, guarded by. Um, possibly infected needles. <laughs> well, and like, so, you know, it's almost 
uh, guaranteed that we will spiral. I'll spiral down an IMDb hole when we're recording the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I have, and I'm reading his bio on IMDb. And like, it's just insane. Like he's a world of Warcraft player. Yeah. Yeah. So he had this whole internet, like it was like a website uh, for like streaming and like YouTube content. And that. I think it's called like bunny ears. Yeah. I want to say bunny something like he's in tune with all that. Mhm. Well, and so he got re- married to Rachel Minier shortly before his 18th birthday in the United States marriage before the age of 18 was legal only with parents permission. Like and we all know those marriages work out. Right? But like he I remember seeing him in Richie Rich when I was a kid. Um was he in that movie Blank Check? No, he was not in Blank Check. He was who, in... Uh, who the fuck was in Blank Check? I don't know, but I loved that movie too. My neighbor That's had like, it. It's like a soft reboot of Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. So the kid in Blank Check was Brian Bonsall? Who the fuck is that? And uh, FYI, people listening at home, Brian Bunsell is Jigsaw. <laughs> so he was in, this kid was in Family Ties. He was in Shades of LA. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, what a goat show, by the way. He didn't act. So he was in a TV movie. In 1994, and then didn't do anything as an actor until 2018 when he was in a short. And now there's a movie being filmed called You're Melting that he is in. Right. Your career is melting. Like... By the way, guys, Jigsaw confirmed... (laughs) I mean, like, I said it once, I'll say it again. 100% Jigsaw. All day long. Uh, uh, does anything say Jigsaw more than I could have been Kevin McAllister? <gasps> he has Rather a, than I was. He has a band camp linked. The kid who was in, uh, in Blank Check has a band camp, and I yeah. just sent it to you. Oh my god. Uh, wait, uh, so people listening at home, I'm going to sing along now. <laughs> the Spank Camp. And it goes a little something like this. Days are getting weary. <laughs> and the dog begins. No. His MySpace is still linked. Tell me it still exists. It. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen to my music. By the way, I was in Blank Check. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm on Cameo. Uh, What? Oh, no. Blank check. Oh, my God. What's the the premise of blank check is that he's riding his bicycle and it gets hit by a career criminal and he writes him a check and then he takes all their money. Uh Uh-huh. And then they come after him 
Yep. I can't remember what happens after that. Hey, so All I remember writes, is, he writes the check for a million dollars and then gets the money. Sick. Oh my god, dude. If only the actor got the check for one million dollars, because apparently now he's asking us to buy his music on Bandcamp Friday when they lift the uh, they lift the percentage that goes to the corporation. Holy shit! This is so good. I am so happy that we found it. <laughs> this 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 hasn't come through to me yet. Uh, I sent it in the resources. Uh, ah, uh, that'd be why. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy that we went down this road. Uh, Brian, uh, by the way, never heard the surname Bonsall. Right? Sunset Silhouette. By the way, people that can't see this, um, the artwork is just fucking awful. Uh, yeah. They downloaded, like, a uh, default font. They have a song called Low Job. Uh, it looks like Dashboard, like the, the same font that like Dashboard Confessional and all those guys used. Yeah. Oh my god. The artwork is so bad. It's, well, it's a suburban home. Yeah. And here comes Brian Rowe. <laughs> so for people listening at home this sounds like sugar we're going down swimming uh, swimming <laughs> sugar we're going down swinging if it was made by a diabetic <laughs> they have actual music videos oh no last updated February of this year so he's still going with this he is I've got a theory. Oh? Jigsaw. <laughs> Haley John Lotsman. Oh, God. I see dead people. <laughs> He's like, I want to see dead people. Like, um, Bruce Willis's like spirit is like, uh, spoiler alert, but like, Bruce Willis was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Like and and with all of Bruce Willis's acting range, he just like smiled and nodded and like winked and went, hey, "I got you, kid. Keep oh. killing him. Keep killing him, kid." And he'd go on the walkie-talkie. Hey Al, hey Al, I'm still in that die-hard building. And I was like, <laughs> "You left that twenty years ago, Bruce." Hey, oh part part of part of me is always there. My feet are bleeding. Jungle to jungle. Jungle to jungle. Yes. With Tim Allen. Yes. IMDB hole. I found one. (laughs) You know, you know the history of Tim Allen, right? Uh, Apparently, Tim Allen's a giant douche canoe. No, no, no. Before he was famous, Tim Allen was arrested for being a major coke dealer. I'm not surprised by that at all. Hmm. Turns out Lightyear wasn't the only buzz in town. <laughs> jungle to Jungle is shit. Oh, God. 
I just happened to see, like, it was on the list. It, like, this is just insane to me. Jungle to Jungle is shit. You, like, I hate that tribal kid, man. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. And Do you want to know, like, problematic to the extreme? But did you ever see the the movie that had a similar premise, right? That was ten times more problematic, called uh, Krippendorf's Tribe. No. So the premise of Krippendorf's Tribe is that there's this guy that used to be an anthropologist that was like a college professor that specialised in like tribe culture, and his career is fl- like floundering. His like wife has died. Hmm. And people are pressuring him to come up with a new paper, but he hasn't done anything. So what he does is he puts his kids in his garden in blackface. Oh. And and um, shoots home movies on his like camera and pretends he's discovered a tribe in Papua New Guinea. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, there's the to make it even worse. There's a woman that absolutely loves the research he's doing, and he uses the false research to get her to come to his house. And he, because. The people at the university want to know the mating ritual of this tribe that he's made up. He sleeps with this woman after putting himself and her in blackface and pretending that he's recreating the tribe's mating ritual and secretly films it and then releases it on uh, academic uh, journal channels. Wow. And he, and he's the protagonist that we're meant to root for. God damn. So, fuck you, Jungle to Jungle. You think you're dangerous. Yeah. Crippendorf's Tribe, possibly one of the worst and most disgustingly heinous movies in existence. If you can hear my voice, get it cancelled. <laughs> So, it, just the trivia about him. On May 24th, 1997, he's arrested in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan for drunk driving. Spent 28 months in jail after being arrested for attempted drug dealing in 1978. Like. And 1994? God damn. Toy Spaceman. Right? Beloved Toy Spaceman, Buzz Lightyear. See, Toy Story is what kept him employed for many Mm. years. 
Do you think when he dealt cocaine to people in the 70s, he used to say to infinity and beyond? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> he's not overdosing. He's just falling with style. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 oh, thanks. Yeah, but back when he had, like, handlebar moustache. <laughs> so Jungle to Jungle was one of his first real big movies outside of the Santa Claus that he's credited uh, on the show called Tropical Snow, where he plays a baggage handler, ABC, yeah. TGIF, he, 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 Tim Taylor. On, on home, but he used to be a baggage handler selling Tropical Snow. Right. So the irony is not lost on me. Right. And, uh, he and then he moved on to being Tim the Toolman Dealer. So TGIF didn't have like that was one they did one season of ABC's TGIF and then they did started doing spin-offs, I think. Yeah. So 2 years later they started doing spin-offs. But he went from Tropical Snow ABC's TGIF to the Santa Claus movie to Toy Story to an uncredited cameo as it looks like himself on the Drew Carey show. Meet Wally Sparks, then Jungle to Jungle. (laughs) And then Home Improvement. Yeah. This is insane. Oh, no. Home Improvement technically came before the Santa Claus. But it's still like Toy Story after the Santa Claus series ended. Wild Hogs came out and then Toy Story kept him afloat. uh, The the film, I always thought that his best moment was uh, Galaxy Quest. See, I never saw Galaxy Quest. So it was good, like, yo, I'd say watch it now, you'd probably think it was dog shit. <laughs> when, you, when you're, like, six years old, it's hilarious. Right. Tim the Tall Man Dealer. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's starting to make sense that you never, like, got to see his neighbour's face. The right. Guy looking over, like, hey, man, you got you got a bag? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll I'll fix that up for you. Like he's like his front is that he like pretends to fix doors on TV, and that, <laughs> like that's enough to have that house, right? Well, I grew up watching fucking Home Improvement. Yeah, I I used to like I used to love it. And, like... but, but here's the thing, like it it like really showcases when you're of a certain age because I used to love watching. Home Improvement, mm-hmm. and it was like, it was like sold as a comedy show. Right? Did I did I laugh once? <laughs> Probably not. No, cineclass bastard. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm like, here's a here's Al, my friend with a beard, who is like better than me, but he's not. And I, and I like, I never laughed at it. Why did I like it? I used to. This is why kids are fucking stupid. <laughs> well, and because like I'm like this is a good show, and I would say like I used to love Home Improvement. It was trying to make me laugh 
and I didn't laugh. It was like, man, my parents loved me. <laughs> so why, why did I require the comfort of an ex-con drug dealer living a good life with his family while his neighbour peered over the fence? I don't know, dude. Like, why? Did I need that? Well, I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like retroactively making me so mad. Right. It's like King of Queens. Oh my god. All over again. <laughs> all I over never laughed. I never. I never laughed at it. Why did I watch it? I never once. Not even a titter. Not <laughs> even a. Sm- not even a small giggle. Did I just? Did I just think Kevin James looked friendly? Did I just recognise the UPS van? Probably. Did I respect that Leah Remini managed to depart herself from the all-encompassing grasp of the cult of Scientology? No. (laughs) It wasn't funny. Why did I like it? It wasn't funny. I don't know, dude. I just like... It was like a... A comfort blanket. <laughs> right, it's like, apparently that's why I couldn't sleep at night, so I needed home improvement. God damn it. To to drill in the screws to open my door to a, a quiet and mediocre sleep. <laughs> oh shit. So that's that question. Yeah, we went off on huge tangents. Andy, see what you did. No, Andy, thank mm. you so much for that question. That uh long story short, yes, uh we support your theory. Uh I think I think after everything I said that it seems that I'm jigsaw. Right. Uh motivated purely by home improvement. So you you get that you're in a trap and then you get like. By the way, Barry, did you like Home Improvement? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it was a good show, and I'm like, it wasn't funny, Barry. Prepare to die in an elaborate way. I'm Tobin Bell. You might recognize me from Goodfellas. God damn it. <laughs> Well, yes, we do have another question. Yes, we have another question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, funny that. Yeah, let me just go and check in my magic question bag. <laughs> um, we've got Brett96 asks, What happened to all the worms? I haven't seen one in fucking ages. What happened to all the worms? I haven't seen one in fucking ages. <laughs> yep. Literally the question. Uh, well. What do you say to that? When's the last time you saw a worm? Uh, probably a couple weeks ago. We during Actually after the big storm that we had last week. Yeah, I bet they were flying through the fucking air. There, there was a tornado about 20 miles from me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, there was one. On, there was one on your like window. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was one very, very close. Uh, but no, I went out the next day, 
uh, before it got too, too cold and there were worms. <laughs> there were worms crawling around. So I don't know where the fuck y'all's worms are, but. Oh, uh, yeah, that British ground, just not as uh, arable <laughs> as that. The... Also, uh, remind me to edit in an applause sound, a, a correct use of the word arable. Oh. Uh, arable land, workable land. Oh shit! Iowa. Mm. Um, <laughs> last time, last time I saw a worm was when I saw Denis Villeneuve's Dune. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling we would somehow get to Dune. I just didn't know yeah. how. <laughs> it was the last time I saw a worm. Uh, I also just went to the bathroom. I saw a worm there as well. <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> oh, shit. Yeah. Did, did you know that uh, worms have different color blood to us? Interesting. I didn't so, know that. Right, let me just double check. I want to say it's green. Hmm. I wonder what color it oxidizes to. Um... I know that's a weird statement, but... Oh, no, it says red here when I Google it. Um, oh. do worm, why do worms have green blood? Oh, so when oxygen hits worm blood. <laughs> so red in their bodies, green outside. Uh, it, this was all from an educational film I saw at, uh, at elementary school. Hmm. Uh, and it's it was like, it was all about uh, sex, actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, they taught us about sex. Uh, uh, elementary. Hmm. Uh, they said octopus have blue blood. Yeah. And then after saying worms have green blood, octopus have blue blood in this sex education film, they said, then when the man has... Uh, Appropriate stimuli, all the blood goes to his penis. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was it was a weird film actually. I remember it really vividly, as you would. Uh, oh, right. I'm, I must have been like ten years old, almost <sighs> eleven, and they showed us this film, and it was all about human reproduction, basically where they told us about the birds and the bees. Oh, yeah, and. Um, to showcase uh, the changes that happen in your body during puberty, hmm. they had a family that went to the beach and set up a net to play tennis, and then they proceeded to play tennis in the nude, uh, parents and children, and that's how they decided to showcase the differences between an adult body and a child's body to them. I wish you could see the look on my face right now. Why? What? It's confusion mostly. Not really shock, but just lots of confusion. Well, it it seems kind of like wrong that they would have like the the footage of the kids. Yeah. But I remember it super like really vividly like said like as something like that would be said into your brain yeah uh 
no worms in that footage. I'm sorry, Brett 96. <laughs> Just a whole lot of uh, more questions than answers. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's that's weird. And having not gone outside on a regular basis, like walking through like yards and grass and stuff. I didn't really think about it until I was like, oh, shit, there's a worm. Hello, worm. Yeah. You're going to freeze to death. <laughs> so as a kid, when you're like playing in the back garden, you see worms quite frequently. Mm -hmm. Now you just like assume they exist. Yeah. Uh, you know, thank you for uh, chewing up the ecosystem worms. Right. Uh, our silent heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know that our blood is a bluish purple until oxygen hits it, right? Well, that's why veins are blue, right? Yeah. And then it gets oxidized in the heart and becomes red. So as soon as it as any oxygen hits it, it, it goes red. And... But some people, their their veins look a little bit more green because they don't care for their bodies yeah. correctly. <laughs> because they've succumbed to uh, Reese fans in The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and have become lizard people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like... It throws people all the time when I'm like, did you know your blood's actually blue until oxygen hits it? And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, look down at your arm. Do you not see your veins? Oh, shit. So that's the primary reason that veins are blue and arteries are red, right? Mm-hmm. So they go to the heart, they become oxygen, like oxygenated, and then they pump through the arteries, and then it's red. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not really answering the worm question. No, but I had to put uh, that fun fact in there because my favorite thing to do is to uh, is find people who are heavily under the influence of the herbal substances, aka high as fuck, and uh, just be like, "Hey, did you know that your uh, that your blood is blue until oxygen hits it?" And then just watch them freak the Whoa. fuck out. Whoa. Oh my god. Pretty much. Every, everything I know is a lie. I've got blue blood running through my veins. <laughs> like a fountain pen. Damn. <laughs> guess, guess with that blue blood I can write my own bill of rights. <laughs> god damn it. And say... Uh, with absolute sincerity, absolute cause. <laughs> that definitively, I'm throwing the accusation out there. <laughs> that Kevin McAllister is in fact out of work actor Tobin Bell <laughs> and hasn't killed a single man in his life, but merely <laughs> pretends to for a paycheck. Fat paycheck with many sequels and a poor Netflix dub at the end. 
And that's how I choose to uh, celebrate Christmas. Alone. I mean, weighing up the weighing up the facts that my life was a lie because <laughs> my my daddy left me on a deserted island with a load of tribal folk because he was a drug dealer in the 1970s by the name of Tim Allen. God damn it. And then Hollywood decided to make a Hallmark-style movie about my life by the name of Jungle to Jungle. God damn it. Oh, shit. Well, Druid, my friend. The time has come again? The time has come again. But first and foremost, I wish you and our listeners the happiest of holidays, merriest of Christmases, whatever it is that you... Whatever it is that you celebrate and or if you don't celebrate i hope you have just a fabulous fucking day yeah Um, get get and take yeah uh enjoy enjoy the fact that nobody's out on your street yeah you know it it doesn't matter yep and just take some time for you um my closing of all of my streams is, you know, be good to yourself and be good to others. And there's, there's a lot of people who have a hard time this time of year. And I used to be one of them. And in fact, I still am to a fair extent. So just keep your heads up. Uh, and you know, have a good holiday and, Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this wild ride. Yeah. Uh more to come in the future. And just as a like small extension of what Ginger just said, if you know someone that's alone this holiday, uh maybe they don't celebrate, maybe they're away from family, you know, whatever's going on, maybe that maybe this time is the time that you reach out to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's a time where people there's so much pressure on being together, and not everyone can be to together with the people they love and respect. And you could be that person that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely lost my train of thought. Watch, watch Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> no, just. This time of year is hard for a lot of people. So keep mm. make sure you're you're reaching out to folks who who if you talk to them every day or if you talk to them once a year, reach out to those folks and just a simple message because I know when I'm having a really hard time, even if I don't want to talk, looking and seeing that I got a message from someone means more than you know I thought about messaging you but I didn't want to bother you like no just fucking send the message just send the damn message that's so true 
I don't want to message you if if you're busy is never in anyone's like playbook. They <laughs> show the people that mean a lot to you that they mean a lot to you because it's like so important. Mm. As someone who's really bad at keeping up communication, like insanely bad at keeping up communication. Mm. Like I think about people a lot and I know I need to get better just sending them a message. It's something I'm really bad at and I'm working on improving, but I've now gotten to the point where it's just like, I'm thinking about this person. I'm just going to send them a fucking message Mm -hmm. and I do it and I end up feeling better that I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, just... uh, well, for the last time of the year, can I ask you? Because you usually ask this to our guests, and I know I've got nothing to sell. Ginger, you got something you want to plug? Um, I the the Twitch channel, uh, Ginger Snap sixty seven, uh, the charity, which. If you go on Tiltify.com and you look for Clapping Cancer's Cheeks, you can find it, or you can find it on my Twitch channel. And uh, I've started uploading to my YouTube channel. So I'm hoping to keep making content, keep doing good, good stuff, do some updates to some merch, and doing all sorts of things. Things never stop. Um, so, uh, and stay tuned here because we'll be back for season two. You guys can't get rid of us that easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, there will be more. Yes. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate everyone who's given this podcast a listen from the very first episode to now these holiday specials and, um, just keep an eye out because there's always something going on, always something cool. So thank you, Druid. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, have a happy holiday and a fabulous new year. And I guess we'll see you guys in the new year. Au revoir. <laughs> All right, bye bye, guys. Bye-bye. 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 That probably haunts you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the Dracula goodbye. Right.